0: Ah, Bill, like I say, that already ritual. Make not listen. Well, well. Simple.
1: I just decouch my blessing. I don't say
0: the lesson. Nobody be perfect, spicy. All right, you people are now tuned in to the greatest show you were here this week. (laughs) Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. You are going to be in for a treat as usual. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and rate. We thank you for already doing that. And if you find value in any of our episodes, please share because I know for a fact that if you find value, I know people who you know will find value as well. Thank you for that. Have you ever sought to understand the black experience? Well, this podcast is designed to take you through just that. You come to find out that our take on the black experience is a holistic one, combining the raw and vulnerable perspectives of immigrants from Africa and our African-American counterparts. You'll go on a journey with us as we explore the stories, challenges and life lessons that create what you see today with this complex yet rich experience. Now as you listen, may your own experience deepen and may you find more peace with who you are. I love you, I love you, I love you, until I until I I
1: love you, I love you, I love you, until I find the way the only words I know that you until I until I lay the
0: If you grew up in America, like, your idea of, like, greatness is based off of what white, in a sense, what white people think is great. We are exploring the Democratic Republic of Congo today. On this episode, we're going to interview one of our good friends, Rodal. But in America, he's actually known as Roland. Now, how he gets from Rodal to Roland, it's actually a really interesting story. And I'm excited for you guys to hear that. But here's what you're going to get today. War. We're going to be talking to a man who survived war with his family when he was only a toddler. Imagine this for just a second. Imagine your fondest memory as a toddler. Imagine for a moment what that felt like. What does it look like? What does it smell like? Now replace that with foreign soldiers who invaded your neighborhood, and you're in danger now getting death threats, and now you have to fly to a completely different country thousands of miles away, have to live in a refugee camp, and then by luck, you end up in a completely different continent, country with different customs, traditions, and even different languages. And then imagine not being able to speak that language. What would that feel like? Also remember, you're only a kid at this point. So we go through that journey with Hodal. We talk about the psychological effects from that. We talk about his style process, what that felt like, and how that created the man he is today. So this is actually one of my favorite episodes, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Have fun. Welcome Welcome, welcome to the village. It's your typical village boy. Shukwemeka. it's
2: Your boy Vic. So <laughs> Sado.
0: <laughs> I had to
1: finish it off for one.
0: So, I man, we got we got my boy in the building today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Rolling, rolling,
1: rolling. Batuli. Batuli. How do you say it in, in like your accent, bro? Batuli. So my name, my. Boy. My name is, my, my, Roland isn't my, like, actual name, Rodal. It's like. Oh. Rodal. Uh, Rodal, Bocac- Rodal. Rodal Rodal. Rodal Laka Bionga Bituli. Dang.
0: That's hold on, mean, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Time the time the freak out real quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on.
1: <laughs> Say it for me one more time, bro. Rodal Laka Bionga Bituli. Jeez,
0: Be, hold on. How do you say the middle one? Be, the f- second
1: one? Bokakolaka bionga, bionga, bituli
0: bokakolaka
1: bokonla bokakolaka <laughs> bokakolaka biyonga biyonga bituli bituli is that french it's yeah it's so belgium
0: bel oh. Yeah, 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 oh you yeah. guys were colonized by mhm Sheesh.
1: Yep. For, like so the so that's french why it's part of the uh uh-huh. belgium okay
2: yep can you it damn <laughs>
0: That's dope, man. Tu parles français?
2: Oui, je parle français. Ah! Bro, that's crazy. Literally, I've known you for a little bit now, and I never knew that was your full name. Yeah. That shit... I Mecca mean. was slick sounding like a, like a white professor trying, <laughs> trying to pronounce that shit. Like, <laughs> My man's just fumbling. And yeah. Shit. But that's, that's super dope. Um, I'm super excited about this episode. Obviously, I've known Roland for a while. Yeah. It's a funny story how we got to meet each other. Um. You, you want to tell the story? You want me to tell? No, yeah. I, I think <laughs> so. Pretty much. So one of my homies, Gigo, real, that's my boy, one of my best friends, and um, like would go out and stuff. And Gigo used to be like, "Man, you remind me of my homie Roland from high school because he he went to high school with um in Hillwood with you, right? Yeah, Gigo. So I'm like, oh, cool, cool. That's what's up. Like, I didn't think none of it. You know what I mean? So like, I would go out and people would like come up to me. He's like, "Hey, Roland," I'm like, "What? Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not Roland, bro." <laughs> and like it'll happen to me a couple of times i'm like oh shit like it's not just like a weird occurrence then i seen him downtown like a long time ago and i'm like oh shit now it makes sense you know what i mean because i think Digo was with us and he introduced us again i was like oh it makes yeah, sense now yeah. because i mean physically i mean we're just big black guys that somewhat look alike yeah but i think like it's the energy that we both put out there that is very like, uh-huh. connected uh-huh. and very similar in a sense so yeah
1: so
0: obviously, you guys hear, uh He's from Congo,
1: mm-hmm. Democratic Republic of Congo. Yeah. Democratic. Two separate countries. That's what really? I have to say. For there's, real? there's Congo, yeah. and then there's the Democ- Democratic Republic of Congo.
0: Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. So what's the difference? Um, they're just completely different countries. Really. So the the DRC mm-hmm. used to be called Zaire. It changed in '99.
2: Uh huh.
1: Ali Bumaye, yeah. Kinshasa. So that's the capital of Zaire, so but in, um, it's now the Democratic. What's the capital from, again? of Congo? Kinshasa. Kinshasa. So that's that's where I was born. That's yeah. fascinating. Hi-haw.
0: I know. So obviously today, today I'm really excited to get into it. But today's episode, we're going to highlight uh, the DRC. All, All right. right. So we're gonna um, just to make sure that's exactly what you. Yes. Like. Okay. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yes. Just to make just to make yes, completely clear, yes. Okay. That is. That is. Um, (laughs) so, and I'm excited to get into it, man. I, he, he told me a little bit about your story, but you know, I've, I've actually been very, uh, interested in the DRC. I don't know why, but I did have this like slight interest in learning more about that because I I was, I remember in high school, we learned about, um,
1: the, uh, children army, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about? I know I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, was that in
0: the DRC? Was no. Was that in Congo? Uganda.
1: No. It Uganda. Okay.
0: Was that... That's kind of close to the DRC. Yes. Yeah, it's it's, on, like it's right literally it. on
1: the East Coast. Like, yeah. neighbors. Yeah. I don't know why the I neighbors.
0: thought that was the DRC. Um, yeah. But, like, I knew it was, like, like, very close to Central Africa. Yeah, man. And it's uh a,
1: Yeah. A, a, lot, a lot is going on there um, with Uganda as well, the Rwanda. Right. Um, so, there's there's definitely stories... That can commingle, so so I can right, I can right. see why.
0: Damn, bro, I'm really excited, bro. So, um, man, let's start it off, man. Like, when when did you come
1: here? So I moved here, um, uh, two thousand one, January, mm-hmm. like fe- or February. It was early. It was earlier yeah. one. So, um, so we like Yeah, mm-hmm, I was like I was six, seven. I was seven. I just mm-hmm. turned seven.
2: so were you like what what made you move here because i feel like people need to like know the totality of your story yeah so
1: um i'll just go into like my story a little bit um born in the drc Mm -hmm. right but um just through the history of what's going on in the drc um there's a lot of um conflict between Like civil unrest, Mm -hmm. like between rebels trying to overthrow the government and such. My mom was in a. I'll I'll just kind of give you the whole rundown. So, Rwanda. So, Rwanda was going through war, right? Like within their their country. Tutsis and Tutsis, if I'm not not mistaken. So, they're going through war. The victors, after they won, Mm -hmm. a lot of the people that lost migrated to the drc zaire at the time yeah right so once they took over they won the war their first initial plan was okay we're we're going to kill like basically like everyone that was against us like the rwandanese that escaped that was their initial goal so the ones that did run away that were in the drc um they're they're in a complete different country so how do you how do you go and you just find, like, people and you go, you know, you got yeah. hundreds of thousands of people. You got to go find them and you got to kill them, right? <laughs> and not as in times, even if you are from there, you're going to say, no, I'm not. Just Yeah. You, wanna you want to live. live, Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And there's also already, like, a civil war going within Congo. So they're kind of using that to, like, okay, this is our chance to yeah. try to get in. there's and, already conflict and exactly. entropy
2: going on. So mm-hmm. it was, like, a perfect time to, like... Add more fuel to the fire. Exactly. And Do whatever your selfish desires want you to do. One
1: thousand percent. So my mom resembles Rwandanese, right? Oh. And because of this, she would get she would get threatened. She would get death threats all yeah. the time. Like I'm talking about, That's she great. could be like, "Hey, look at my birth certificate. Like I'm I'm from here." But yeah. I mean, if you were from, if you were Rwandanese, you'd probably yeah. say the same thing, you know? Yeah. So it just got really bad. Um, one morning. Um it was like 3, 2 in the morning or whatever. Yeah. At a, as a child you couldn't stay up past 9. All right, my parents wake us up we was, like, "Yo, we got to go. We got to, you know, just Shush. we got to we got to dip." Yeah. So we escaped uh Do you remember RC. do you remember this like vividly? Yeah, bro. It's crazy. For real. It was just yeah. like boom, like everything just go. happened so fast. Like yeah. went from we I mean, one we didn't have that much money. We were, you know, we were pretty yeah. poor, mm-hmm. but you go from like Getting used to like life, yeah, and boom, like no, we're like we gotta completely move. So move to Cameroon. So mm-hmm. Cameroon, it's on the coast of, yeah, yeah. The, yeah West Coast it's right of by Africa. Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. No, so sure. we were, um, we were refugees for like a year and a half in Cameroon, and a lot of, a lot went out there, and uh, we were one of the lucky ones that were able to, to get. Relocated over here in the states, oh um, just the Red Cross and stuff.
2: Yeah. So I got two questions. Um. So you said your mom resembled Rwanda, Rwandese. Mm-hmm, what does that look like? You know, what I mean, for like an average, let's say, American um person that's listening to this or wherever you are in the world that doesn't necessarily understand that. Like, mm-hmm. what does that look like? And I wanted I wanted to pick it back on one of the points you make. I think it's super interesting how like like America we have a lot of race problems, and and um, a lot of things going on like in America in general that that revolves around race and things like that. But it's also interesting when you break it down into like subcultures and things, there's also conflict that goes on between people of the same kind and the same appearance in yep. that little space as well. Yeah. Because even growing up in Nigeria, I think it was like the Biafra War or something like that, where like there was conflict between tribes and stuff and they were killing and murdering yep. each other. So it just shows you all like humans just naturally like <laughs> People that just love to kill each other, or like, what is the reason behind yeah,
1: that? You it's, know, it's an evil in the world that. I'll let you answer. the um, so, so Rwand Rwandese they they have they have strong bone structures. Yeah. Like if you look at my mom, like their cheekbones are pretty strong, and you could yeah. you can see them, right? Yeah. Um, I can't speak for for all Rwandanese people just because yeah. I Obviously. I didn't meet a lot, and yeah. I was pretty young at the time, but um. It's it's hard to give a description of what, you know another African would look like yeah. to uh, someone that doesn't that someone yeah. you know, doesn't know. It's kinda like saying, Hey, what does someone from Tennessee looks yeah. you know, look like compared to someone from LA or Seattle? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like unless you unless you're you're in the culture you couldn't really catch the mm-hmm. catch the distinct No, that's real. Facial expressions. That's real. It's kind of
0: like Nigeria. Like, you, like, for me, I could tell, like, if you're from, if you're Igbo or Yoruba, Mm -hmm. just by looking at you. Like, there's just certain, like, differences. Mm -hmm. But until you really, really pay attention, you can't really. Exactly. And when I, now, when I really try to think about it, like, a big difference between um, Yoruba and Igbo um, is one of the biggest things is the nose, Mm -hmm. right? The nose. And, and the cheekbones, too, sometimes. Yeah. Right? Um, just to give, like, an, an understanding for people listening. But that's a really fascinating story, man. Um, real quick. So I wanted to actually clarify on the children soldiers. They are called the Lord's Resistance Army, led by Joseph Kony. Yeah. Yeah, so he abducted 35,000 children and yeah. deployed them as soldiers. Yeah, when I heard about this, I was like, this is fucking, like, wild, right? Um, And then super random about it. there was like this charity work that was like Oh donate to us and we'll go fight Or like you know or we'll go like You know save these children And now I'm thinking about I'm like Like how are y'all gonna Fight them and cause yeah. they were in the jungles And you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. That's a whole different story So when you were in Cameroon
1: how old were you then uh, I was five Six You were five mm-hmm. okay Yeah. Yeah and um
0: so did y'all move there because that's another french-speaking country
1: no so we moved there because that's where the refugee camp was it was like hey um this is like we we didn't have family members we could just move to right and this was like hey you might be able to to, you know move to the united states you might be
0: Have you ever heard about Hotel Rwanda? Well, this is exactly what Roland is talking about. Let me tell you a quick history about that. So, there was a long-running dispute between the Hutu and the Tutsi groups within Rwanda going all the way back to the 1950s and 60s. As the story goes, the Hutu replaced the Tutsi monarchy during that revolution at the time. Now, this started a power struggle between the two groups that lasted for years to come. So during that time, during those years, about 20, almost 30 years, in 1994, the Hutu actually tried to completely eliminate the Tutsi group, like completely, right? Which led to the Rwandan genocide, killing between 500,000, 2 million people between the two groups. Now, the Tutsi ended up taking control after that genocide. And in 1996, this is where things get really interesting. So the Tutsi decided to launch an offensive attack against the refugee camps in Zaire, which that's what it was called then, but now it's called the Democratic Republic of Congo. And they actually changed that in 1997. And they launched that offensive attack because there were former Hutu leaders that resided there. Now, this is where Roland's story begins as a kid which is an incredible story of how he survived that right getting death threats because his mom looked Rwandan now here's part of my tip with Africa my content. I, I I love where I come from but because there's so many different ethnic groups and cultures and you know different customs and traditions that causes a lot of you know ego and power struggles and that's the good and bad about Africa, right? It's amazing because it has so many different cultures, but sometimes those cultures just don't get along. And one wants to be powerful, the other one wants to be powerful, and in my opinion, I think that's what, you know, really causes, you know, the stagnant growth. Part of what causes the stagnant growth, and growth in a lot of parts of Africa. But, you know, I'm praying that one day uh, it all gets better. Anyway, keep listening
1: there like a program like a refugee program yeah you? yeah so it was just oh. a bunch of a bunch of refugees were there oh wow. right from and, all over africa yeah yeah damn mm-hmm. and a, a good amount were from congo mm-hmm. um that we didn't know yeah um but but yeah it was it man it was it was weird like yeah. life just kind of happens so fast right it just right. makes you grow up really fast because yes. there's no time to yes
0: like Does does Cameroon border Congo? Uh, it doesn't. Okay. is by us. I feel like it borders some country in Central Africa though.
1: Well well, we'll so at. so so Congo is actually it's a pretty large country. Yeah. And it goes pretty far into like you know how it curves how it curves around. Yeah. So Congo comes into like the bottom yeah. that bottom uh west coast.
2: Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So, like, as a child, you're like at five, I feel like you're still becoming cognizant of like the world or like what's going on in your experience. Mm-hmm. How were your parents like dealing with having kids in that type of situation?
1: Man, I mean, it, it was tough, bro, but I mean, they did it. They did it. It was yeah. like survival. For sure. You don't really have a choice. And my mom at the time was pregnant, or my young sister. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, she wasn't pregnant We had just gotten uh, One of my sisters She's younger than me but uh, Our first sister had just been born So she she doesn't really Remember anything at the time Um, uh, I have two brothers uh, One that um, He was I think around 12, 13 At the time So he was a little more cognizant And And my younger brother Danny He was like 3 or 4 He was just like Still, st- He's, yeah, he, stuff he, he was he was starting to walk and stuff. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, Jeez, that's tough. because, like, like, especially in the middle of the night, when you have to take all your kids, you're like, All right, we gotta go. Like, you know, what I'm trying to say, like, just like the like, from a human perspective, like, the, the fear of not only for yourself, but also you have these kids that. Your job is to protect them regardless of whatever happens. Yeah. And there's like so much uncertainty that goes into that situation of deciding to flee. But is it? it's either you stay and you die or you flee and there's a there's a chance you might die on the way too. Yep. You know what I'm trying to say? So it's like, it's just like when I put my mind in that position and just it really, it gives you more empathy and compassion. And I think a lot of people, for a lot of people in America, there's like some people that don't necessarily like the concept of immigration and all that type of thing, all, all that type of stuff. But once you tell them stories like this, it makes people understand, like, okay, like, there's a lot of fucked up things that are happening in different countries. Yeah. And it just gives you more em- empathy to why people end up here. You know what I'm trying to say? Exactly. And that's why, like, when people like that come to this country, they try to take advantage of everything possible. Every- and they just have so much gratitude in the sense of, like they understand they've seen really really tough perspective exactly and there's a story like it's kind of i have two stories that are similar to my experience they're not obviously as wild as yours but um i remember like there was there was a bomb in um lagos i think it was i can't remember the exact name but it was like uh army like um place What, what do you call like an army um place or whatever, like in you know, the where, where they like all the army members were staying. Like an embassy, military base. Military base. Army base. So an army base, like a bomb or something. They had bombs or whatever and they all went off. So they mm. stopped the shit starts blowing up, bro. Wow. This shit is like very close to our house. And I remember my mom my mom was at a she went on a work trip to like a different um city, a different state. So it was like me, my grandma, my aunts and everyone in the house and bro, like legit the house shook. Boom. Like, the house should boom. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know what I'm trying to say? TV goes out. Like, we're trying to look on the TV to see what like what's going on because we're trying to get news. TV, like, this, where the army base was, it's literally like a five-minute drive from my house. So, it's, like, really close. And it goes boom. I'm like, holy oh shit. Like, we go outside. Everything's like, the sky just looks really weird, Right. And my grandma was like, "Fit, come on, come on, come on!" So we we literally sprint outside. We get under like this, like we stay in front of like the cars, and we get under and lay down on the ground. We lay down on the ground for like four hours, and it was just like I remember. Like my first reaction was like, "Where's my mom?" Because you know my dad was in America. Like my first reaction was like, "Where's my mom?" And it was just like that fear of like, okay, like we're just laying down here. Like we're at the mercy of God at this stage, or we're at the mercy of nature, science, or whatever. Like so much chances, you know what I'm trying to say? And I just. Like the fear that I had in that moment is just coming back to me when you say that story, and obviously yours is like on a different spectrum because you're leaving your space. Like it took us like four hours, and it calmed down, and we went back inside. But just that, like that feeling of me being in that space makes me relatable to you mm-hmm. from what you went through.
1: One hundred percent, one hundred percent.
2: I was um,
0: I was listening to my girl. She was telling me the story yesterday about this guy, um, from I don't. She didn't know what part of Africa. But she, I think she went to school with him and talking about a story about how, um, when he was a kid and he was like, so the point of this story, he was like three years old, right? Three or four. And in the village, they had soldiers raid the village and basically killed everybody in this village. So he, so, it, um, they, so it was him and his mom who, who escaped temporarily to the bushes. And so. They had already killed, like, all his family. And so they were in the bushes hiding. And the soldiers came and found him and shot the mom in front of him and shot him in the head. But they didn't check to see if he died. And this man lived. Like, That's two days crazy, later, he woke, man. He, he woke up, like, in the, in the wild.
1: Hold on, hold on, like, hold on, hold on. He woke up in the wild after getting like, shot in, in the, the head? in the bushes, yes, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like... Like, they it, bro.
0: so I'm listening to the story. I'm like, what? So he he had to survive with a bullet in his head in the bushes for days until, like, these uh, travelers came by and, you know, got him help and things like that. Ended up. He ended up relocating to, to the UK and now he had like a steel plate in his head. Right. But just listen to that story. Like, imagine me three or four.
1: You, get, you, yeah.
0: see your, you see your your, family get killed in front of you, and you get shot in the head, and you just so happen to be alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, that if that, that just gives me so much purpose. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, bro, like, that could have been just, yeah. if I was him, I was like, man, that could have been me. You feel me? So, like, listen to your story. I'm just like, yo, it's so much of that that goes on yeah. in all parts of Africa, mm-hmm. especially Sub-Saharan. Yeah. Just because of the corruption and war yeah, and facts. just ego, facts that, and and not it's not really getting looked at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, I don't know, yeah. but I think I think it's important what we're doing right now is raising raising awareness for that, just to like educate people, like yo, this is what's going on, yeah. you yeah. know what I'm saying? And 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 the fact that you know we're able to luckily, yeah come to this country mm-hmm. right because it's it's a blessing to come to this one thousand percent right later like, we'll get into that right and, and how you actually got here but it's a blessing and you know just let people understand like yo like here you it may not be like perfect yeah but you got it great <laughs> you got it phenomenally great here, See, you know yeah. what I'm saying?
1: i ain't going back <laughs>
2: that's funny but um yeah and i think you made a brilliant point what you said like it just gives you purpose Mm -hmm. because like you said when you come from a space that has so much corruption like that like like even in your situation you're dealing with life and death situations every single day like you might have not have known it as a child Mm -hmm. but the fact that your parents felt the need to leave that space shows you like there was a lot of chaos going on that could could have led to that and once you come to a space that is like, America has this corrupt, corruption as well, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But once you come to a space where you're, like, relatively safe, you there's a different way that you go about things. You know what I mean? And I think that's why a lot of Africans, when they come in, they just, they don't trip about a lot of things. They really don't. Like, it's kind of like, well, if someone's racist to them, they're like, okay. Bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> they really
1: no, like, hey, bro. <laughs> I, I was having that conversation um the other day. Like, and I, I think with everything that's going yeah, on, yeah, it's... Yeah. Like to basically emphasize what yeah. you're saying, like yes, yeah, one thousand
2: <laughs> percent to what you're saying, bro. Yeah, and it's nuts, but like, it's just like a different perspective. And I think what Emeka was trying to say is like, there's so many first world problems in America. Like, there's so, so many, many first world problems, and it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Like, there's you still hold up, you still have to like, you could. There's still stuff that is wrong in the system, but like coming from like the spaces we've come from we've seen like real life struggles so it's yeah. like it's easier to like to understand like man this shit is not at the end of the day in the grand scheme of things this is really not nothing you know what i mean so yeah
0: and and when we say that like our goal isn't to like minimize yeah, the exactly. one thousand percent exactly right because like those those are legitimate problems like mm-hmm. people do struggle with you know yeah. Student loan debt and yeah. just debt period, for example, right? Yeah. Um. I just think with conversations like these, it just deepens somebody's perspective yes. to understand, like, damn, like I know I'm going through shit, but Chalit, like, there's people who, yeah, who like don't know if they're gonna live literally yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah.
1: And I think that helps. A, that helps a lot of people. Um, it helps me. Mm-hmm. Um. Just even when I talk to my pops, and you know, he'll tell me certain stories of experiences, experiences that he had, and um, the the problems that come with life. You Mm -hmm. know, like Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are, like you, there's some sort of problem that everyone's going through right now. You know, big, small. You know, it's everyone's going through something. Yeah, and life's life's not easy. Right, Um, but I think perspective. Helps, helps you know a lot, yeah. it, it, it it helps because when whenever i'm hearing um when i hear a story that gives me another perspective i'm like wow like yes this shit sucks mm-hmm. but you know i i, I can keep going mm-hmm. you know I'm, it gives
0: you it gives you like you 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 just for me it creates this like gratitude one thousand percent you know what i'm saying like deeper like wow you know so going back to you in cameroon as a refugee
1: and You guys stayed there for like a year. Right? Uh, yeah, it was like a year and a half. Year and a half. Mm-hmm. Like I think it maybe eight yeah. months, a year and eight months.
0: Was there?
1: Did you guys
0: feel safe, safer, or like did you guys still feel like damn? Like, what did the shit happen right here?
1: Um, it, it was it was it was a little bit of both. Yeah, it was like we feel safer because mm-hmm. we know the people around us aren't coming for us, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But at any moment, you never know. We're like, yo. Like we found these motherfuckers. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's go get them. You, you see yeah. what I'm saying? It's like that's crazy. Like it's in the woods, so yeah. you know if if a helicopter blows by, sometimes it's like yo, like oh everybody, the
0: refugee camp was in the woods. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was. It was oh, not. Wow. Yeah, it was not like
0: I was thinking like it was like somewhere close to like, the city.
1: no, no, no. It was this was Damn. like in the woods where like tents and stuff. Yeah, um, secluded to a lot of things, and you gotta there's no market or like right. Walmart around or a story. Like the did the, the they men Huh did they, did y'all yeah, So no So it's like the men Like They gotta go They gotta go hunt They gotta go get food oh, Damn Shit. And then y'all gotta cook And like we, and gotta go cook we gotta cook that food We gotta eat it Like water's coming out the Yo world. that's
0: crazy yeah. Like, yeah So So The water you're, y'all drank Was it
1: clean? I'm I mean I, I made it I'm yeah. still alive yeah, and yeah, I drank yeah, it yeah.
0: Them motherfuckers
1: so It's crazy it, to it's, think about man it was, it was just water from a well yeah, You know Yeah
0: One thing I wanted to say is like man there's so much there's there's a level there's a different level of anxiety and depression in africa yeah that we just don't know about yeah 100 percent. Right? there's a different level because like for your parents to like be in that situation and just like to to try to imagine that fear of going to sleep every day like like and not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow that's, like, a different level, you feel me? And and it gets minimized so much in Africa. Yeah. It's like, oh, like, you'll be fine. You know, like, yeah. the uh, go pray about it <laughs> you know, or something like that. Like, <laughs> Bro, yeah. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. So, like, I, I think it's important to, like, any people listening, because we have listeners in Africa, right? It's important to understand, like, psychologically, like, you, it's valid. What you're feeling is very valid. Like, 100%. That's, a, that's yeah. a real fear. You feel yeah. me? That's crazy, man. Um what was your what was your fondest memory? Not fondest, but like what was your most vivid memory from living living in the forest?
1: Man, I bro. It was um it was just a, a bunch of crazy experiences. So I, I actually remember like most of it really well. Yeah. Um That's nope. Um you said fondest memory or like both both.
2: both. Yeah. Most visceral one.
1: Um my brother um, my older brother, he was been by a Scorpion. Ooh, and it was like
2: that
0: was a crazy.
1: Yeah. Bro, yeah. I got a story about that too. He, he so we were outside, like, and all the kids were just like playing soccer, yeah, and stuff. Bro, I have a lot of memories. Um, yeah. but my brother's in the tent, yeah, and um, I don't know. He starts yelling, like, just screaming, like something bit me, like, blah blah. Yeah, it, this is in, in Lingala So we speak French in yeah. Lingala Lingala is the native tongue mm-hmm. And French was inherited just through, through From elder. colonization mm-hmm. and stuff, yeah So we're speaking I forgot which exact language he was speaking But he's like saying, ow, ow Like, yeah. I don't know what happened My parents run in his tent They're like, yo, he just got bit by a scorpion You got so, like, hour,
2: like you got very short time to yeah. live If you don't take care of that yeah. Like, so, you're, da- you're dead if you don't take care of it quick
1: So like I run in there and I'm like, "What's going on?" And I see him like dazing, like, mm-hmm. like fall. He falls down, yeah. and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like, what is? I'm like, "Bro, this little." I'm like, "This yeah, little, little thing, thing right here that just got like trampled." Yeah. Like, there's no way. Like, I just, yeah. there's no way. And Did you know what it was? At, at the t- so I knew, I knew what a scorpion was, mm-hmm. and like I, I knew like they're venomous and. Yeah. Like they could kill, but it was just the fact that like yo, this just happened. This bit him. I'm like, but Randy Strong. I'm like, because yeah. he's my older brother. You yeah. look up to. I'm sure. like, he'll make it. And he, bro, he was down for a while, bro. I remember, <laughs> like, they picked him up, just mm-hmm. took him to the medic, and I didn't see him for like, it felt like a week, and we we just we didn't know. Sheesh, man, we didn't we didn't know, and it was like when, <laughs> that's crazy. Like hopefully he makes it And like he do. Dude, dude was just In his bed every single day It's like,
0: wow Wow What a story huh I told y'all this is gonna be crazy man So what's standing out to you so far? What will be different about you if you went through this? <laughs> Honestly, <sighs> I think I will care more about experiencing life fully because nothing is absolutely nothing is guaranteed. So what you heard was a little bit about Roland's story. Now we're about to dive into the psychological effects that can come from this type of experience, which is seemingly normal coming from where we come from take a listen
2: and I think that's a I think America touched on this it's like there's so much like we minimize um, just mental health and psychology in Africa so much but we should literally we should be pushing for it the most Mm -hmm. because I think Africa has the most uncertainty more than any other continent there's Mm -hmm. because Europe there's so much corruption there's there's a lot of resources, but it's in the wrong hands hands. But yep. there's also so many people that are struggling. You know what I'm trying to say? And they're struggling all, off on like based revolving around the concept that they don't know where the next meal's coming. They don't know if there's gonna be civil unrest. They don't know if they could trust the people to protect them. There's just so many variables in that space that are not like they're not they're not mm-hmm, like without enough certainty. Yeah, that's not they're not absolute variables, there's no certainty in there. So it's like, we should be pushing for that, but we're like, nah, we could tough it out. You know what I'm trying to say? And it's it's just a very backwards type of thinking. but I think it is changing a little bit just from having conversations with my little cousins that are there. And my aunt lost her fiance not too long ago, about a month ago. And obviously she's really heard about it. And like, I was telling her, like, you should talk to your son about that. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, cause I had a conversation when I cause I texted her, I was like, hey, how are you doing? Cause me and my aunt, me and this aunt are really close. Cause I could talk to her about anything more than any of my other aunts. I was like, how are you doing? She's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm like, how are you really doing? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, you don't have to like put on the perception of strength always to me. And she's like, yeah, it's really tough and all, all that. She was like, I just can't believe he's gone. She's like, I looked on his face today and I still can't believe it. And I was like, you need to talk to your son about these emotions because I think he's about 16 now, 15. And I'm like, He's at that age where he needs to learn how to let go of emotions. You know what I'm trying to say, yeah. like because too many times, even me growing up, it took me a while. Like I'm still learning. I don't. Sometimes I don't even know how to show certain emotions. Yeah, bro. With what? your parents, with people around you, it's like sometimes you just it don't feel natural. It's like, <laughs>
1: not at all, like bro. Like it
2: feels like I'm doing something that's not for me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Say? So I was like, man, you need to talk to him about these things because it just shows him how to show and let go of these things. And like, like you said, like Roller made a brilliant point like regardless of who you are in this life life literally is life's gonna get you it's gonna gonna be down yeah life beats us all to submission and that's why it's important for all of us to talk about these things because as Africans we've gone through a lot like we've gone through so much that we ourselves we try to minimize just out of survival it's our mind (laughs) that suppresses it so much because like typically our minds will our minds are try to work for survival right mm-hmm. and all these hurtful emotions and all these trauma we suppress him so much because we're like nah it's all right it wasn't that bad you know what i'm trying to say and when he was talking about um he was talking about the scorpion incident. it really like it brought back a memory i, I literally forgot about like legit but you brought that up it, it came back to my mind and it was kind of similar one of my uncles his name's uncle chichi and um he would come stay with us for a couple months and stuff sometimes and where my mom me, and my mom lived was like in Maryland. Like this was like at the start before I moved here. And my aunt used to live at um in I before they moved to Lecky. So you could walk from my house to their house. It's like a fifteen minute walk, but when you're walking you have to go through the woods. Like you go through the main road, then you cut through. Mm-hmm. It's like a like you can go all the way around but it takes you like thirty minutes, but you go through the woods and you get there in like fifteen minutes. So there there's like snakes and shit sometimes around there. And I remember like my uncle got bit. And like, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. He got bit. And I'm like, like you said, I, I thought scorpion was a snake. I didn't know it was like this little, small little thing. And I remember like, they had to like, all my other uncles had to come. My aunt had to come. And they had to like tie his leg so like the poison wouldn't spread and everything. Yep. And like you said, like similar to you, like he was just down for like a bunch of days. And I remember like being a child, like you look up to all your uncles and you're like, man, these dudes are the strongest dudes in the world. Exactly. Like I've seen my other uncle kill like a, python type shit like seen him kill a snake big ass snake before so I'm thinking like they're like Superman and when you see him in that moment it like gives you perspective like damn like none of us are impervious to death none of Mm -hmm. us are impervious to pain and it just deepens your emotional connection to them because you're like okay well you're a strong man but like that little little bitty animal just did that to you put you down yeah put you down like that so it makes you think like damn like it makes you understand your mortality so much more so
0: One thing I was going to say to your point of like Africans and we struggle with and it made me think about it. That's why I'm, I'm really, I love what we do, like what we're doing because it helps me like understand that most black people in general around the world have like similar problems. Like if you think about it, like if you, if you contrast African problems to black America, it's like the same thing in Black America. Like Black Americans are forced to, in a sense, like minimize what they're going through when yeah. they just had four hundred years of slavery, and they're still like, you know, what I'm saying dealing with that and with the current climate of still racism and shit like that. Oh, so sure. it's like you really gotta like it, it's 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 this pressure to like minimize that yeah. because it's so normal. Mm-hmm. You feel me? It's like it's an, it's a normal thing to be race to to experience racism. So oh, it's like yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like, oh, yeah, like, it's just no big deal. So, yeah. it, 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 like, it, <laughs> and it's, a very big <laughs> it's a very big deal, right? So, I think it's definitely important to stop and, like, magnify this, mm-hmm. because once you bring, whatever you bring to light, weakens every single time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's, a um, <laughs> that's a bar, right? <laughs> it weakens every single time, and I think that's why it's, it's important to have these conversations.
1: Yeah, right? yeah. Um, um Yeah, I bro, I, mm-hmm. I really like what you said there, because, like, even the transition like here yeah. you see all what's going on you know right. we, we, we see the injustice racism is real yeah and um like going through and seeing people people's hardships or blacks hardship here in america it's it's the same thing as to like what we're talking about mm-hmm. it's like yo cousin got shot or mm-hmm. like you know just like just real shit just yeah. happened that happens here in america mm-hmm. yeah. it's not like yo your, your mom can get you a therapist because mm-hmm. like she gotta pay the bill she ain't mm-hmm. she, she, she she gotta pay the water bill like mm-hmm. she ain't got time for that and like she ain't got time to listen to you yeah. like you know explain like what you're going through because it's cause mm-hmm. like they're going through life, and you see yeah. this, so it's like you don't want to put that burden on them. So it's yeah. like, I think black men uh, in general are just like, like we take things on the chin, mm. like regardless of how what the hurt mm-hmm. is, and just move forward, and like think mm. moving forward will, yeah. will like end up like dissolving everything. Everything, yeah. you know, because I, I, because I see it in myself, me, like me I, I know, I know, like. Every, like the points where you were saying is like I don't even understand how to like show emotions, like, show sometimes. that emotion, certain like, emotions. Like I, I think in the past like two three years, mm-hmm. I uh, like I am now like visualizing like myself, like my reactions. Like I, I'm just I'm not emo I'm not emotional I mean, I, yeah, at I that, that yeah. at that aspect. Even right. when it comes to like whenever I'm talking to like a a woman right. like right, 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 right. and I'm just not that guy like mm-hmm. I can't I don't i I can't just yeah, get in I my bag and like yeah. let you like see what's in yeah. the bag because no, get I, that I like get that's that, just bro. just hey I, I bear that shit yeah. you know
0: I get that I get that and man, I relate so much to that because I went through a phase where I was just so nonchalant to everything like I got to a point where I was legitimately numb to everything oh yeah I remember I, I remember a time I was driving down the street, General George Padock driving down the street. <laughs> <laughs> This was, I was 21, so this was four years ago. And I was thinking, I was like, just just plain scenarios out, right? I was like, let me see what I will feel like if I thought my mom would die, right? And the funeral and all this kind of stuff. And when I thought about it, and I love my mom to death, like mm-hmm. I'm her only son, I didn't feel one ounce of emotion. And I was like, this is bad. Yeah this is very like
1: you go to work the next day yeah
0: like this is very 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 bad right and i was like okay something has to change and, and then i started to like just explore like what is it about emotions that just make me just feel like it's not cool to like express that shit you know what i'm saying but mm-hmm. you're, we're human yeah. like emotions are such a huge part of our experience that if we don't express it they're going to they're going to get expressed mm-hmm. period is just how they become
1: yeah. expresses like yeah it has yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in a healthy fashion. Yeah, it's sure. just finding the
2: the healthy yeah. go about, and, it. and it's always gonna come out. And you can't heal what you don't reveal. And the concept of I think as Black people, Africans, whatever you want to quantify as Black, um, we put our minds on the back burner so much, just based off the facade of strength, and we create this perception that like showing all these things makes us weaker mm-hmm. because. A lot of times we have to be so focused because literally our family's lives, our ability to provide is directly co- correlated to us being focused. Yeah. So it's like we don't have any time to think about these emotions because those emotions we feel like are distracting us from our ultimate goal. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I got to protect for you. I got to, I got to, like, I got a kid, dog. I don't, I, I ain't got time to be sad. I got to go clock in. I got to find a way to make this money. Like you're thinking about it like this hypothetically your dad in that space where the men had to go physically find food. You know what I'm trying to say? You really think like if he was going through something traumatic, you really think he could just be like, nah, I'm just not going to do this today. He has to go get food. You know what I'm trying to say? He has to literally go out there and get food. So I think a lot of times what you see is like we we suppress these things for so long. And it also gives me compassion for my parents because a lot of – Like unhealthy things that they've had Are not products of them They're products of their environment Exactly. So it's like I don't blame you Like sometimes you just didn't have the physical time The energy to literally Pour into me you know what I'm trying to say So it's like it gives you It gives you perspective but it also makes you Understand Your own journey because like obviously I think all of us want to have kids and, and whatever. Yeah. But we understand how to tweak that so our kids are healthier. You know what mm-hmm. I'm trying to say? Because like we're twenty four years old and we're like figuring these things out. You know what yeah, I'm trying to say? Yeah. For like the longest I, I really didn't know how to show emotions effectively. And I'm still learning. Yeah. And for me and when I started noticing, it was like even me and the relationships relationship got stronger when we started showing intimate stuff, you know what I'm trying to say. And just, like, the people around me, when I started talking to them about, like, intimate stuff that was happening, it created a space that they were willing to come to me and talk about these things. And I feel like that's what really strengthens friendships and strengthens relationships because I think all of us, we're going through a lot of shit. For sure. And we just need to – sometimes we need to just need a place for us to unbutton all those things that we're coming with and talk. Yeah. And that's when it really hit me. It was like, man, maybe you're the one that creates the stage for someone else to be vulnerable as well. So it really – It really changed my life because now I have healthier friendships. I have stronger connections with people because there's that similarity and that symbiosis of our pains, but also our joys. And being able to express that vividly is literally the ultimate crescendo of human experience, I think. That's deep. I like
1: the, how you said that. Yeah, ultimate that crescendo.
0: Was, I like that shit. That was <laughs> that. That boy smooth, smooth with those words, boy. I don't know the last time I heard
1: crescendo. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the last time I
0: heard that word. Hey, we got a DM the other day. Somebody was like, man, this boy got me Googling acrimonial. <laughs> bro." imagine, bro. People on people be listening to the podcast and be like, damn, man, this nigga like stay all these words imagine me I'm the one talking to
1: this man so let me type this bitch out real quick I I think I know what it means but let me make sure so I have to
0: use context clues like damn acrimonious what the fuck does that mean well wait he used devious
2: before the A used evil so
0: acrimonious must probably mean Uh, it's evil
2: So, (laughs) so I love words I've always been for some weird reason I've always loved words like even in English class when like, I came to America to put me in this ELL class for some reason because I, I was, like, new to the country. But, like, we had, like, this vocab thing, and I would go crazy on the vocab. I would For some reason, I just always loved words. And when I started reading, my passion for it just got deeper. So, like, if I don't know a word, I would literally write it down. And I'm, typically, if I write something down, it goes into my mind. So, like, typically, that's that's why I know so many words because I read a lot. But also, I write something down if I don't know it. And I'm like, oh, this word sounds cool and I don't know it, and I write it down. But also, like typically, if I use like a word that I think people won't understand, like I would say that word, and I would say like an easier one with it. You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, so, okay, like, okay. So they get the context of like, okay, yeah. Like, yeah so yeah. they're not looking at me like, yeah. what are you yeah. talking about? Type <laughs> shit? So you, you.
0: So how did you actually come to America?
1: um so um we were just lucky bro it's it was kind of like a luck of the draw uh with the program like when we were refugees it's like yo you know you you're you're you've been chosen mm-hmm. you know Damn. so um how and
0: were there other people who were there longer than y'all that wasn't chosen um or I, I, is it like by like when you arrived there
1: um I I don't know oh, okay. how the how the program is I didn't we didn't really um make a lot of friends we I, we met this okay. one family that like we're super cool with yeah like even Til till this, t- 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 this day the like stone. they're one of the families that are they here th- yeah that w- was able to come and uh, story, funny story is so we get selected they're like okay you know you, you've been chosen you can come to the states yeah um where like where do y'all want to go like these are where we can put you all these are, yeah. like some locations like where we have Programs, don't um, tell me y'all, but it's like we chose Tennessee, bro. Bro, listen, listen to the story. <laughs> listen, to, so it's like, where do y'all want to go? Yeah, we looking at each other like, bro, like, hold on. Hold on like, we don't even know English. Like, right. I don't even know what this motherfucker talking about. Right, right, right. right but right. this family mm-hmm. that we had gotten cool with, mm-hmm. uh, they said they were coming to Nashville. Damn.
0: So wait, y'all didn't know at that point? Y'all still didn't know English?
1: No, no. Damn.
0: Did y'all know English? Was a language?
1: Um. Not really, not really. Wow, it's crazy, bro. Man. It was it was crazy. Like just coming here, we're like, bro, people are like, all these white people. It's like, <laughs> it's that much of y'all, like. <laughs> 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 no, but but um, uh, the family that we had gotten close with, they right. said they were coming to. They said they're they're choosing Nashville, mm-hmm. and they're the I'm talking about the only people we knew. Like wow. period. Yeah. So it was like, yo, y'all are going to Nashville, uh, we're going to yeah. come with y'all. Like Wow. So that's what we'll made them choose Nashville? They had cousins oh, here. Okay, 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 Yeah. So that's that's why they chose and we just kind of backpacked Damn. Right, yeah. off of them because they're the only people we were going to. We knew. That's you know? crazy. <laughs> it was all luck, so you, bro. It was all chance.
0: Yeah. Wow. So you got here and
1: then this
0: was the first time you saw white people.
1: No, no, I'd seen white people before. Okay. Like But um, you just didn't know it was like a slew of white yeah. people. Like, yeah, like yeah. I'd seen like cuz Africa's the exact opposite. <laughs> like right. the exact yeah. The, the, there's the majority black yeah. are black mm-hmm. and like every now and then you you'll, you'll see some white people mm-hmm. like for sure. Mm-hmm. Um but it, it was like the exact opposite. It's like mm-hmm. all these white people and like you, I mean, you'll see you'll mm-hmm. see uh, you know, a, a brother here, a right. brother there And right. stuff like that Right. And they're like, they're not African So you're like, oh, these are Like, well, I don't even know what they're saying right. You know, for the longest you right. it, it just It's a completely so you- different culture yeah. That was a whole Another story to like right. I, That I had to figure out that's crazy. So, did you
0: learn English by like context clues, or like did did you actually like learn that in school? Did you have to
1: go to school for that? Um, it, was, it was kind of everything, yeah. you know, like because you were you were, you were like
0: directly immersed in the culture. So, like, yeah.
1: So it was it was so um, when you got here. I so we get here, and preschool was my actually was it kindergarten? Yeah. So I'm like kindergarten age, <laughs> and like. The kid can't speak English, so like I'm in the remedial classes, like mm-hmm. on the short. I'm mm-hmm. like the short bus kid, mm-hmm. and um, and you still probably smart as hell, but it's just like, it was just like, you like didn't, yeah, like someone's talking to you and you just looking at them like, bro, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you just don't know what the yeah. fuck they're saying. Like, mm-hmm. like at, at that point, you you know you. you uh, you're figuring things out like you could i could count i could say like um i, I knew how to speak french and reg yeah. so it was like now i had to learn everything in this language yeah. as I'm learning like yeah the gist of like is how life works this is how Damn. like people work That's tough, man. period and um bro it, it, it took a lot bro it, it took a lot of time bro but shout out to yeah. shout out to TV <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to TV. Uh Shout out to uh, like, just exposure. I think that's like the biggest thing. Like recess, you might not know. With like, yeah, a a kid is saying but like, you know, when he's running at you, he's like, we're playing tag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Social cues, exactly. Like certain social cues, and you just
2: learn to adapt through time. That's interesting, man. Because I like, I feel like us Nigerians when we come here, like it's. Like we speak English already So like we Really? So, we assimilate so, a lot quicker
1: So you so already spoke English when, Yeah, English is the main how, language how, English is the main language? Yeah, English is the main language Really? Nigeria. Yeah
2: there's, like a, there's a bunch of different I think it's Fact check this I think it's close to a thousand different dialects I want you to fact check this before, Bro I,
1: no, there's, Before there's, my Nigerian
2: people Stop blowing yeah. my shit up after this
1: No, my, my mom knows like 13 languages Yeah, bro, my so. mom knows like
2: 4 Yeah, my yeah. mom knows like 4 languages 13? Fluently Like fluently as fuck too Like my mom can speak that shit fluently I'll be it's like 25 Hold on. five, five twenty five. Five twenty five. Sheesh, that's still a lot. Five hundred dialects is a lot. Yeah. But um like we assimilate quicker, but it's also like it's a different type of um like struggle to like not speak the language in like this country, like and America is so fast paced. You know what I'm trying to say? Like America is like there's just so much moving pieces in America. So it's like it's hard for me to fathom like coming here at that age and like not knowing English. And like you said, you're so young where you're even as a child in Nigeria and you speak English, you're figuring out what the world is. Yeah. And you're figuring out education in your language. Then they're like, nah, let's go to another country. You got to start all over again and figure this out in a different language. So it's like, that's tough, man. That's extremely tough. And another thing is like the part where you said, you talked about um, moving to America. I think it's funny how like how people end up where they are. like Because, like you said, it's really just chance. A yeah. lot of us just ended up here at Chance. My... My dad literally won the green card lottery. Like, what are the odds of that? Yeah. Like, legit, what are the odds of that? <laughs> you could, like, very easily could have could have not been picked, like, picked to exactly. come over here. Like, very easily. So, it's like, it shows you there's a little bit of, like, divine destiny and divine, like, intervention that goes into that. Yeah. But similar to you, like, my dad came here because one of his friends and, no, no, not his friends. One of his family, yeah, family... I don't know if they're like family or family friends lived here already. Yeah, everyone I becomes think cousins. Yeah, so I everyone think, I think everyone ends up becoming family. cousins. I think they're actually blood family. They lived here already, so it just made sense for him to come somewhere he knew somebody. Mm-hmm. He just built his roots and his other friends came here because my dad was here. Yeah. So it's crazy how like one thing set off like a Trip cascade down, yeah. and a trickle down effect for so many other people's lives. And it changes the like trajectory of so many lives. Yeah. Like if I if I was in LA right now or in New York or Chicago or something like that, like my I would be a completely different person. You know what yeah. I'm trying to say? So it's it's just weird how you see how life just fits together in a perfect puzzle.
0: I was I was thinking about uh how you said that you said your mom knew like what four languages. Yeah. And your mom knew thirteen. Bro, That's It's impressive. just crazy. My mom knows like four, That's right? Four or five. Um, so common. Yeah, it's very common. Bro, it's yeah. like it's yeah, nothing. yeah. It's it, exactly. It makes me. It makes me think about like black people in general were very, very like just special, gifted. This is not to minimize any other race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, At yeah. all, like if you listen to this and you get offended, it's not my. I'm not me trying to offend you. The point I'm making is, in our own way, we are very special and smart. Right. The only challenge is that. And I read a paper about this by a law student. She's a lawyer now, and it talked about uh, white uh, normativity, basically saying like white people is like the standard to live up to. So it's like when you when you judge a fish on how to climb a tree, the fish is gonna look stupid. Mm -hmm. Well, if you judge a fish on how to swim, like that's it's in its own environment. So it makes me think like black people in general were very very like unique and special in our own way, but it may not always look like that when we're trying to live up to a standard of a completely different race with different bro, sa- you know
1: what i'm saying bro i'm i'm glad that you said that and and,
0: and to to my bad to finish my thought real quick was that i think africans when we come here we don't we don't have that same uh for the most part we don't have that standard that we don't have that white standard of like this is the this is the standard to live up to which are quote unquote like America, right? We just come here because the environment is what gives us the opportunity to really do what we can. And that's why I think you see, you know, all these Africans, how they thrive the way that they thrive, mm-hmm. because they come in with their own standards from back home. Like, yeah, it's, it's a whole different type of standards from back home versus here. If you grew up in America, like your idea of like greatness is based off of what white, in a sense, what white people think is great. Yeah. And again, not to like minimize white people or anything. That's just a reality in America. Right? It's just a reality, yeah. right? Um, So it just makes me think about that. Like, damn, like, there's so many black people out here, like, doing shit. Yeah. But it's just so minimized because yeah. in America, it's not up to, like, the standard of, like, it's the, the the thing called white normativity. Yeah. Right. I think you have something mm-hmm. to
1: say. That, yeah. yeah, bro. I was, um... I, I, I watched this video and just, just kind of, like, to go off the point to where, hey, if you judge a fish on how fast they can climb a tree mm-hmm. like of course it do bad yeah. but um, but the video was talking about how like peop- how black people don't understand that they're geniuses in for for example and if you look at sports the concept of for example a basketball player to be running 15 20 miles an hour mm-hmm. to have to stop throw the ball in between your legs mm-hmm. shoot a jump shot, like people thinks like that's just athleticism. That's just oh, you know, you're you're good at yeah. sport. But that's a form of of intelligence because mm. your brain. You have to get your brain to mm. do all that, like boom, 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 boom. And there's so many people out there in the world that, like, they you can't do that. You just yeah. you you can't do that. There's so many people that they could they could practice that move. They they could do everything that they could, but they couldn't fit that level of, inte- you know, intelligence in a different, you know, avenue. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they're really... Yeah. That that video was was, was really great yeah. because it it was going deep into that. Exactly. So,
2: yeah, I mean, I think Emeka, both of y'all made... Emeka and Roland, both of y'all made great points. As, Emeka, just to back of yours, I think, like, you're right, I think a lot of things in cultures are... Based off the revolving idea of Eurocentric culture Mm -hmm. and Eurocentric views, where white is the standard, you know what I mean, and everything else is judged by that. And it permeates every space in in society. Like even the way Black people judge themselves, like you mentioned, like you see sometimes where people there's colorism that goes on, Mm -hmm. like lighter-skinned people are supposed to be like prettier or more attractive or people were like I yeah or like your hair is na- yeah i want yeah. mixed babies and the f- like fetishes uh, i can't say the word right now and <laughs> creating fetishes of like mixed kids and mixed people and also just like the concept of like hair like sometimes when the concept of nappy hair and all these things where those are things that are inherently black you know what i'm trying to say but because Eurocentric ideas have literally diluted all those things like if you're if you're in comparison to that, then you're always going to be at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's just a weird concept, but it, it really is in everything we do.
0: So I'm going to educate you guys on something real quick. It's a concept called the double consciousness. Now, this term and idea was first published by W. E. B. Du Bois in his auto-ethnographic work called The Souls of the Black Folk back in 1897. Now, here's what he says about the double consciousness. It is a peculiar sensation, this double consciousness. The sense of always looking at oneself through the eyes of others, of measuring one's soul by the tape of a world that looks on in amused contempt and pity one ever feels his tunis an american a negro two souls two thoughts two unreconciled strivings two warring ideas in one black body whose dogged strength alone keeps it from being torn asunder the history of the american negro is the history of this strife this longing to attain self-consciousness, manhood, to merge his double self into a better and true self. In this merging, he wishes neither of his older selves to be lost. He does not wish to Africanize America, for America has too much to teach the world and Africa. He wouldn't bleach his Negro blood in a flood of white Americanism, for he knows that the Negro blood has a message for the world. He simply wishes to make it possible for a man to be both Negro and an American, without being cursed and spit upon by his fellows, without having the doors of opportunity closed roughly in his face.
1: Powerful.
2: And um, back to Roland's point. I literally heard that shit you said. I don't know if it, I didn't hear it on the video. I heard it on the podcast, and it was. I think it was. Van Layton and um, somebody else, or I think it was Aaron Foster and Van Layton, if I'm not mistaken, but Aaron Foster was like a, he played in, for the Houston Texans, very yep. smart dude, and he was talking about how, like, there's a concept where, like, people try to minimize athletes where they're like, oh, you're, you're privileged, or you make millions of dollars, you know what I'm trying to say, and mm-hmm. create this perception that, like, they were just given everything they've had, and in reality, they've probably worked harder than any of us to get to where they are, because... Being an athlete at that level, you literally have to sacrifice from a young age. Most positions you have in society, you don't have to sacrifice from a young age for it. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So it's literally a whole life calling for you to get to that position of you making millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. But also he was talking about how like athleticism is a form of intelligence and form of brilliance. <laughs> exactly. And yes. the concept to minimize that, it's very stupid because like you said, even the concept of being able – like Steph Curry – the fact that he could pull up from that far away and calculate the trajectory of a ball to go in from that range, exactly. or over as consistently as he does it, mm-hmm. that, is that is genius. That is genius. That is genius. Legit genius, and that is talent. You know what I'm trying to say? And it's it's just crazy to think about. Like, but like I think our, we do ourselves a disservice when we we um, ostracize athleticism as a form of brilliance because. Once you start looking at it like that, it really changes the way you view sports and it makes you appreciate it more. Because once I started looking at it like that, like watching Messi play, it's art. It's yeah. legit. He's like painting a paying masterpiece on the field every time he plays. Mm-hmm. And the amount of intelligence that you need to be like. Even for me, when I'm playing, like just the amount of things that are going on in your head that you have to calculate at a, at a fast pace. Because I played in, in the midfield. It's ridiculous, but like, because it's like, you just do it so naturally, you don't think about it, but it is a form of brilliance, it's a form of intelligence. It really is,
1: it really is.
2: So,
0: 19 years later,
1: right, 19 years? We When you moved here, early 2000s? Yep, 19 years later. Almost 20. Yeah. Dang, bro. How's that feel? Bro, it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, bro. I've... I, I've definitely, um, or we, my my family and I have, have come a long way, bro. Right. My brother and I were talking about this um, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we're just uh, reflecting and seeing as to where we are, and um, it's just like, wow, like, you know, and yeah. we're still yeah. young, so yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the story's like far from over. But
0: it's, I feel like, bro, you've lived like five lifetimes.
1: And you're
0: not even thirty yet. Yeah. Like it's it's really really crazy to think about. Like you've experienced, you've learned lessons in life that most people three, two, three, two times your age, three times your age will never know, ever. Like and
1: that's deep, man. I appreciate that. I appreciate that's that. Deep. And and, I, and yeah, yes. Like I, I do think like my experiences um are have have been extreme. Mm-hmm. But but I, that doesn't minimize like a- anyone else's lives. Mm, like for I've sure. I've met people along the way that I'm just like, wow! Like like this dude that I just went to high school that you know I knew from high school mm-hmm. and he was just the funny guy like yeah. <laughs> re- just a regular dude. Yeah, get to know him. I'd like figure out his story a little yeah. more. I'm like, bro, that's insane. That's like, crazy. Like. Man. like you know, like yeah. I feel like what I've experienced was insane, but people are going through like their own wars here, like yeah. their own, like, like intense, um, experiences, like in their in them, themselves, and I th- I think um, I think um, like people should give themselves like yeah, like should, should like
2: yeah, they, they deserve give, like give themselves sure. like a, a pat on the back, back or something. for something, like, you've gone like, through, like bro, that shit. To. Like some people don't survive that shit. Yeah. yeah, and like you said, I think it goes back to vulnerability. There's so many conversations that we don't have with our friends, and so many deep stories that like we don't even know. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. And like I didn't, I, like I've known your story a bit, but like you really went into depth today, and it gives me like more appreci- appreciation for you just knowing you more. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's like so many experiences where I like sat down and talked to my friends. I'm like, damn, bro, like your story is not normal. And it literally flows perfectly with this quote that we posted on the Village Boys page on on um Instagram and at Village Boys Pod.
1: <laughs> at Village Nicholas, Boys. should I say
2: say it correctly. <laughs> at, at Village Boys Pod. Boys with a Z. <laughs> yes sir. But we like we said, our experience, story, and eccentricity is currency. Don't trade it in for meritor- meritorious pennies, all in the aim for status quo, fitting in and normality. What is meritorious? means like meretricious means like in a sense like it doesn't really have value but it looks very attractive mm-hmm. yeah so um it's like glitter. glitter it's like glitter you know what i mean and our stories are so full and have so much depth and have so much beauty but sometimes i feel like we kind of push it away because like it doesn't fit into like this american standard of living or this american story or like whatever you know what i mean so I think the good thing about this podcast is like we're bringing people from distinct parts of the world and talking about their stories, and just with the conversation, it's letting us appreciate you more, but it's also letting yourself appreciate yourself. Appreciate your uh, exactly yeah. talking too fast when I get passionate. <laughs> appreciate yourself even more. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it's who we are. We gotta exactly. embrace it. And there's beauty in that, and there's beauty in survival, and there's beauty in what's next. So.
1: Village boys, I love that. I love
2: that. <laughs> so, where can we find you
0: on IG, bro? Hey, by the way, if whenever y'all follow Roland on IG, if y'all ever do, the <laughs> first of all, I think he is single. Second of all, um, so ladies, if y'all see him, make sure y'all hit him up. Uh, second of all, this man is a model, a full blown, didn't you like model for like Amber Carmean Fitch or like American Eagle? Bro,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I know what right yeah man um yeah I, I, I model um I do I got some other stuff that I'm doing right now right um so I, I kind of do that on the on the back side but um did a really good project that I did um it was for blue chair Bay rum um Kenny chesney I don't know if I'm, okay it's a country artist um yeah, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, shit. I'm not a. I, I feel don't, like I'm the
0: only person who does not like country. Bro, music. I
1: don't listen to country. Yeah. Like I. I. I mean, shout out to Blue Chair <laughs> Bay. Shout out to Blue Chair <laughs> Bay. I really appreciate it, bro. It was it was a great project to be on. Right. I'm right. not. Um. I don't listen to country like that. But right. But I will say, like, it was it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. You know, like ended up getting to go to like Jamaica. Ooh. Uh. Great shoot. Uh. Great people. Yeah. Uh. Great cast. Are oh, you doing it? Doing it and. Like, it, yeah, it was, yeah. It, it was, it was definitely a great experience.
0: Last question for you, man. Well, first of all, where can they find you? What's your name, on IG?
1: Um, it's R. It's people don't know. It's like Rodal, so yeah. my name is spelled. My original uh, name is R O D A L L, uh, right?
0: But but English it's, is translated it, to Roland,
1: bro. Quick story: the way I my, I got my name Roland yeah. was in kindergarten. Whenever. I was. They're asking me, "Hey, like, we're trying to put his name into the system. What is his name?" I'm like, like, "Rodal." Yeah. After like, it took us twenty minutes to understand. They were trying to ask, like, "What's his name?" Yeah. We're like, "Uh, "Rodal." They're like, "What, Rodal?" Roland. We're like, no, Rodal. Roland, Roland. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's 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 how my name is Roland damn that's crazy yeah that's crazy but yeah my instagram at (laughs) r-o-d-x-l-l so it's rodal but the x instead of the A.
0: that makes so much sense now because i've been looking at your name like what
2: that mean
0: yeah what does that mean rodal wow i'm really fascinated bro last question for you if you go back to your five-year-old self would you ever have imagined that you'd be doing what you're doing right now bro not at
1: all bro not at all like not at all bro i wouldn't think i'd be in the states first and foremost Mm -hmm. um like the things that i'm doing even like if i go back 10 years ago Mm -hmm. like modeling did not see that coming um i'm I'm also a financial advisor didn't see that coming Mm -hmm. so it's like bro (laughs) crazy
0: crazy blessings man blessings yeah. on blessings bro yeah. and you deserve it bro for real i, I appreciate hey, it. so so yeah. do y'all
1: man so do y'all i mean i i, I appreciate y'all have me you know come through speak on my story but like i think what y'all are doing is f- fantastic like, appreciate it bro appreciate it. it's awesome That's it's love. awesome it's That's great perspective yeah you know as we were speaking but um um i i see a lot of growth in it yeah it's you know, love
0: bro appreciate it for love, love for real hey y'all
1: need a Hop on village boys. <laughs> Chuko <Becua>. sato <laughs> you know.
0: In America we say head ass nigga. <laughs> no, I'm just playing, but
1: that's a wrap. Yes, sir.
0: Okay. When I don't finish I be ha no yawa. But further, we thank you so, so, so much for listening all the way through. It means more than you can ever imagine. The fact that you guys listen all the way through probably means that you like us, even if it's a little bit. So, go ahead and subscribe, leave a review. We're definitely going to read it all. And follow us on social, specifically Instagram, at Village Boys Pod, at Village Boys Pod. And it's with a Z, by the way. Um, And most definitely, and more importantly, we shall catch you on the next episode. Oh yeah, vamos.